The Bucks have the best record in the NBA currently, which means that naturally there is going to be lots of discussion around awards. ESPN just dropped their NBA MVP straw poll. All-star voting is now alive. We've got listeners asking about Defensive Player of the Year and all defensive teams. We're going to get into all that. And then the Bucks road trip continues in Cleveland. Chris Milton may or may not be there. What does that mean? We're going to talk about Bucks and the Cavs. Let's get into it. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me from the Technical Foul Podcast from Locked On Bucks, uh, absolute fan favorite, it's fair to say, Camille Davis. For today's episode that is brought to you by BetterHelp as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at BetterHelp.com com slash locked on nba and of course thank you for making locked on bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day i mentioned this yesterday but shout out to everyone that jumped in the post game live stream including camille uh, a little bit late camille you've got to work on that uh <laughs> punctuality moving forward but we had by the time we finished we had 700 people that dropped in at some point in time which is obviously a crazy number we're going to continue to do that and we know that bucks fans get excited uh, after a big win like that one over the Pelicans. So we're going to keep doing the live streams. Uh, we appreciate you jumping on board, but to be aware of when we're going to do it, jump on YouTube, hit subscribe, hit the little bell, which will give you a notification when we go live, and then we can roll from there. Camille, and uh, tell you what, it was an absolute pleasure to see you in the comments there. Yeah, I uh, was watching the end of the Packers game, and then I, was, I just scrolled in my YouTube, and I was like, oh, Locked on Butler, we're live show. I said, let me just jump in here really quick. And uh, it was it was cool being able to jump into the live stream. So I'm definitely looking forward to uh, being part of those, both in the comments and and uh, maybe some off day we can just do a live uh, live version when I'm on here. Well, we should be doing that. And people were excited just to have you in the comments, by the way, Camille, as yeah, you saw. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> So the Bucks beat the Pelicans. That's a good win. They're moving on to the Cavs. We're going to get to Bucks and Cavs, the injury latest in the lead up to that game. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about awards. Uh, just briefly, as we're still excited about this Pelicans win, anything in particular you liked specifically about that win, Camille? And can I ask you, are you on board with me describing the Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, Giannis defensive trio as the defensive triangle of terror? <laughs> Can we roll with that? Uh, defensive triangle of terror. Um, that might be a little long, but I, I do enjoy oh. the energy. I like the energy. I like the energy of it. Um, any Pelicans thoughts? I just thought it was a good game um, from beginning to end. I was curious to see how the Bucks would come out after getting embarrassed in Memphis. When you see the opposing team doing the wave with the crowd, hmm. you, 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 know, <laughs> you know how things have gone. So I was just looking forward to seeing how they were going to come out. Um, they came out really on fire. Giannis had a very efficient game. He looked like he was he was fresh, springing the step. 
it was curious and interesting watching Drew and Wes handle the Zion duties primarily. I didn't expect that going into the game, but it worked out really well. Um, they game planned against Zion. They did not want Zion to beat them. If JV went and had a career night, so be it, but it was not going to be Zion. And it was interesting to me to see them actually game plan towards a player in the regular season as well. Um, again, showing that bug can, you know, switch it up a little bit. I know people don't want to admit that or hear that at times, but uh, seeing him keying on Zion and, and making that the focal point of the defense was interesting to watch. And just overall, it was an enjoyable game, uh, watching the Bucks kind of take a lead from beginning to end. It never felt like it was going to get out of hand for the Bucks on my end. So it was a, it was a good game. I agree. And Willie Green post game, I was watching the Pelicans post game this morning and he discussed that idea that you know for Zion to have to deal with those guys on the perimeter that actually have the agility to move left, move right, stay in front of Zion. Uh, and then they have to deal with Brooke Lopez coming over basically every time was a significant challenge. So yeah, perhaps a, a little bit of a surprise, but I must admit, as soon as I saw it, I was like, yeah, this makes perfect sense. If you've got mm-hmm. the two big bodies on the perimeter and even West. That didn't necessarily go well. He picked up the very quick fouls. But a lot of the times, if you're going to do that, the foul's going to be on the floor if it's at the start of his move. Wes, you got you got six fouls, man. That's totally fine. So I, I thought overall uh, they did a really good job. And as we know, the Bucks 22-8 and eight on the season, which means they've got the NBA's best record, which means that based on what we've seen in history, Giannis should be well and truly up there in the MVP conversation, Camille. Now, Tim Bontemps... Uh, does his straw poll over at ESPN. I've got the results here as I pull them up on the screen. Now, this is with 100 media members that get to do the votes here. I did it. I voted in this. And as we can see, Jason Tatum comes in first Mm. with 47 first-place votes. Then you've got Giannis second, Luka Doncic, Steph Curry, Nikola Jokic fifth, which is interesting. Only one first-place vote. And you've got Jar and Kevin Durant and Zion Williamson. So any surprises there, Camille? Um, I'm not surprised to see Tatum at the top. That makes sense to me, given the heater that Boston was on. I mean, their their offense is running at a historic level for a brief period of time before they hit this little skid here. So that doesn't surprise me as much. I'm a little shocked to see Giannis over Luka. Um, and not because I don't think that Giannis is having a better MVP season than him, but I felt as if a lot of the narrative around the season so far has been a lot of Luka you know, love, which he definitely deserves. I just haven't heard Giannis's name as much with national media as I have heard Luca's name being thrown out there. So seeing Giannis above Luca was kind of a shock, a pleasant surprise, but a little surprise Mm. for me with the straw poll because I would have assumed that Luca would be second, maybe because of the the Mavs record. He's a little bit lower than, than people thought or that I thought he would be, but um, that's a surprise to me. Seeing that Jokic only got one first place vote after he's been a back-to-back MVP, isn't surprising to me because I saw that with Giannis after he got his second MVP, the narrative around the player changes a little bit. And although MVP is a regular season award, all of these conversations come in about the postseason and your playoff performance and clutch ratings and all that type of stuff. So um, knowing that Jokic getting three in a row puts him in some elite air, elite company, I figured that there would be voters who aren't going to vote for him. Although if you look at what he's been doing this season, like he is definitely in this MVP race again. And some people might not want to hear that, but Jokic does things and he's putting himself up there with Wilt Chamberlain type of numbers, which always sound fake. But when he had the game, was it 47 points, 25 Uh rebounds, tennis, like that's, that's 2k numbers. Like that's unreal. So 
Um, I'm glad that he's in the top five at the very least because he deserves that recognition at the very least with how he's been hooping. Uh, I actually agree with pretty much all you said. I did the votes. So just for transparency, for the listeners of Locked On Bucks, so I did the votes. And we did do the voting on December 12, or that December 12 in Australia. So December 11 in the US was when I sent mine through. So just with the Tatum stuff, I think most of their losses, and again, it's only a couple of games, but most of their losses have come after that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, No excuse in my opinion. But hey, uh, I had Giannis number one. I had Luca number two. Tatum three, Jokic four, and then Steph Curry, I had five. Uh, and the Jokic point is interesting because, look, I felt bad putting Jokic at four. He's probably having his best season so far. And I thought back to when Giannis had won two in a row and he was going for number three. No one paid him any attention. And it does feel like that's certainly the case with Nikola Jokic because it's just so difficult to win three in a row. And it's a regular season award, but people look at the postseason there. So Jokic... He's just got. He's just outrageous, but it's difficult to see him winning this award. And I think, as far as Luca goes, I mean, the Mavericks are just a, a very mediocre team at the moment, which yeah. is which is really hurting him. And Camille, Jason Kidd is starting to lose the plot. <laughs> Who would have thought? Who would have thought? It feels kind of familiar, where it's like you have a surprise season, you do well, and then the next year is kind of like, what is happening right now? But also, I will just say on the Giannis case, so we understand the numbers are crazy. We've spoken about the fact that, yeah, he struggled with efficiency outside the paint, which is not totally unusual, but he's been better and the free throw stuff hasn't been great. Hopefully, it's on a bit of an uptick. Obviously, we saw him have the 17 for 22 night, uh, the other night there. Uh, but he also just deserves credit because of all the games that the Bucks' other players have missed. Uh, Justin referenced it, but I think the Bucks are still only behind the Orlando Magic in terms of games missed from rotation players so that has to factor in they've got the best record in the nba despite all the injuries and the illness they've had along the way so look for me uh, i did have Giannis at the top closely followed by luca i think it's a great point you make i know luca's going to be right there if the mavs start winning they probably need to make a trade i know tatum the celtics we expect they're going to be a really good team uh, so he's going to be there I, I guess the question with tatum for me was is that half the time when i watch the celtics it looks like Jalen brown's their best player so yeah. it, it's it's tough they've got two guys that are that are very very uh, close to each other there i want to talk more about brooke lopez continuing to get the portis that he deserves and then i've got a question on the rotation and i'm just going through everyone we have on this show i'm asking them the same question so i'm going to throw that at you as well but uh, we have to say that today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And I spoke about BetterHelp at the top of this show, but uh, we know there's not always a a manual for life, uh, Camille. And unfortunately, uh, when it's not working for you, it's uh, normal to feel stuck, but uh, people can help you out. There's no doubt about that. I've gone through this and navigating any of life's challenges can make you feel unsure. Whether it's a career change, that's what it was for me, a new relationship or becoming a parent. It wasn't becoming a parent for me. So BetterHelp has connected over 3 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, accessible anywhere, and 100% online, which also is a big part of this because sometimes if you're doing this thing, you don't want to be walking into a building. You don't want to be sitting in a waiting room. You don't want to see someone you know, that that type of stuff. So BetterHelp, it's all online, uh, which is great as well. So as the world's largest therapy service, BetterHelp has matched 3 million people with professionally licensed and vetted therapists available 100% online. Plus, it's affordable. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a therapist. If things aren't clicking, you can easily switch to a new therapist anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right therapist. Learn more and save 100% off your first month at betterhelp.com 
slash locked on NBA. That's betterhelp.com slash locked on NBA. Also check out the Locked On Sports Today podcast as well. Peter Bukowski will be there. He'll be in a good mood this week because the Packers did pick up a win. So uh, listen to Locked On Sports Today. They'll have you covered with NFL, everything's going on in the NBA, and whatever else is happening in in sports. I know MLB is going crazy, throwing cash around left, right, and center. So uh, you can hear all that on the Locked On Sports Today podcast. And by the way, Bucks and Cavs on Wednesday night. Uh, that's a 6 p.m. Central time, so don't forget about that. But... Again, I've got a quota here to mention that the Bucs have the best record in the NBA. I have to mention it about 15 times per episode while it's the case. It might not last forever, Camille, so you've got to make the most of it. But all-star voting got underway, and it had me thinking. If the Bucs have the best record in the NBA moving forward for the next few weeks or whatever it may be, surely you're going to have a second all-star. Surely. So I went back and had a look. Last year it was Phoenix... And this is by the end of the year, so we know it can change. But Phoenix ended the year with the best NBA's record. They had Booker and CP3. Utah the year before had Mitchell Gobert and Conley, although he was a replacement player, I believe. Then you had a couple of years with Milwaukee with Giannis and Chris. And then you have to go back to 2018 where it was only James Harden with the, with the Houston Rockets there. So I guess my question to you is, are the Bucks, in your opinion, going to have two All-Stars? Now, I know that's a pretty broad question, but I don't think it's a lock, but I think you can make a pretty significant case for one particular large man on the roster. Yeah, going into the season, my initial prediction was that the Bucks would have one All-Star because at the time, I didn't think that the Bucks would be a top team in the East. I thought they maybe finished around like that three spot. I thought that, you know, regular season, it was going to be like, Boston, for sure. I thought that Philly would look a little bit better than they have throughout the regular season. I mean, they've had some injuries, but they they just come across to me as a regular season team. So I thought that, you know, they'd be climbing up in the standings. But seeing where the Bucks are, what they've been able to do with Chris Middleton's injury on top of that, I definitely feel as if two All-Stars in this year's game isn't completely out of the question. So then you got to just kind of look around the league and it's kind of like, okay, well, who else could it be? We know it's probably not going to be Chris because of games missed. Uh, Drew Holiday possibly could be. Depends on how he continues playing going forward if he misses too many more games after that. But I think the most obvious guy would actually be Brooke Lopez. And in part two, because I feel like it's a little bit easier um, with the front court competition than it is for that guard competition, that back court competition that someone like Drew would be facing in the East right now. So, of course, you got Giannis, you got Embiid. Um, I guess you count KD in that front court player. You know, then you're looking at other guys like Brooks played better than I can probably say any other big really in the East at this point. Could you say Mobley? You could look at Cleveland, think about Jared <laughs> Allen, but it's like come on, Camille. I don't think they've been playing better than what Brooke has been doing. So uh I think at this point, Brooks should make the all-star team unless something changes considerably in the East. Uh I see a pathway for him, even if it is if it's not directly outright in that front court spot. I could see him being a wild card as well for the coaches, just based on what he's been able to do defensively. And if he has some more games offensively where he has to step up and he's putting up these numbers, um, it's going to be really hard to deny. Yeah, he he would be a coach's favorite, wouldn't he? Because they're sick of this humongous yeah. lump of a human protecting the rim 
and swatting their shots into the third or fourth row. So, yeah, 2.7 blocks per game. That is, uh, well, it, it says it's second, Camille, but he's played 29 games. Jaron Jackson Jr. has only played 13. I don't know what it takes to qualify, but you expect Jaron Jackson Jr. Well, hopefully, will be healthy enough to be a qualified mm-hmm. player. But So, technically, Brook Lopez second in blocks uh, per game, but we know he's he's been outrageous. I think he's had six or seven games of five-plus blocks, which is just absolutely hilarious. And Frank is the guy that is really gets on the stats, guys. But it does feel like he's been ripped off a little bit I as well that. in some of these games. But the offensive stuff, it's a great point that you make in terms of the, the expanded scoring. So he's up around 15 points per game, which is by far a high mark since he's been in Milwaukee. He's already had seven 20-plus point scoring games this season. In 29 games last year, he had well, well, not last year, sorry, the year, but the, the last year he didn't have that too many. Uh, I went back to the championship year where he played 70 games, uh, he had eight total, so he's almost wow. reached that uh mark there in, in half the games. And we understand Middleton's missed games, Drew's missed games, so we understand why. Um, but he's definitely just again reminded everyone that he can be absolutely a, an offensive player and a, and a high volume scorer in this league on, on you know, when he when he's called upon. Drew is interesting because he's played 23 games, so he hasn't missed too many. Certainly hasn't missed enough that you think he'd be out there. There's so many guards, Mm -hmm. uh, but again, a potential coach's pick because they all love him. Well, they probably hate playing against him, but they all love him. But he's scoring at over 19 points per game is the highest it's been since he's been in Milwaukee. His assists at uh, 7.6 per game is the highest it's been in Milwaukee as well. So... Drew Holiday does feel, and I th- both of these guys were last an All-Star back in 2013. I, I believe they were both an All-Star in 2013. So it would be just, a, either one of them would be a ridiculous story. I want them both. I don't think we're going to go both. Drew feels a little more likely as, as a guy that night to night, the expectations are a little bit higher, particularly on the offensive end. But I don't know, something, something about it. Just, you know, Brook Lopez in the All-Star game would... Just be fun. He would be hilarious. I don't know. I'm torn. But I do think if the Bucks continue on this winning way, they deserve two. Yeah, I think two at the bare minimum. Uh, feels right for this particular Bucks team. Who that second guy is, it depends on who uh, on who the vote goes towards. Because like I mentioned, I just feel like when it comes to like that guard rotation, getting voted in outright. I know he's not going to be a fan vote uh, when you have yeah. somebody like, you know, you got Harden, you got Kyrie, although Harden hasn't played, he's going to get those fan vote votes. That's just how this always goes. You got Trey, you got DeJounte Murray now, you got Tyler Halliburton, who's come on really strong this season. I think he's had an all-star caliber season as well. You got Mitchell, you got Garland, you got that backcourt in Cleveland. Like there's just, there's a lot of guards here who are going to make a case for, for that all-star vote. I mean, you think about that fan vote, who those stars are going to be, I, I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, if James Harden does make it as an all-star starter, although he's missed so many games, although he has not looked exactly like who he is, but that name recognition is a big part of of that starter, that starter vote when it comes to the fans. Uh, the other thing is Brooke Lopez currently at just a tick under 40% from the three-point line. He would also be a hilarious three-point competition entrant just because I don't know whether he gets his shots up quick enough. Would this man no. be able to get through the five racks? I don't think so. He'd be stopped on the fourth rack for sure. For sure. That would have to be like his money ball rack, the fourth rack or something like that, just to make sure that he's able to get at least a decent shot at finishing it. 
Well, the other point is that we should point out, part of me feels like Brook Lopez, I don't know whether he would want it. I, I think he would want to just get, hey, I'm not going to Utah. I'm going down to Florida. I'm hanging at Disney for this five, six days. We get off in the middle of the season. Don't even worry about voting for me. It'll be curious to know what, what he really thought. But either way, Brook or Drew would be fun all-star uh, nominations let us know in the comments uh what you think and who you think realistically could be in the mix when you put it up against the other players in the eastern conference there still going to get to this rotation question for you camille and then we're going to talk about bucks and Cavs, which again we're talking about this schedule that the bucks have but this is two of the top three teams in the east so it's going to be a fun game so far uh the bucks have been a- able to handle the Cavs. Uh, but we'll see what this game brings up but what about betonline.net we've been talking about the mvp you know potential Defensive player of the year and, and betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. You can get the latest odds for all those awards and uh, keep track of the trends as it's going through the season for every professional and amateur league out there from uh, pro football, as we spoke about the Packers, mathematical, still a chance, Camille, postseason, are we hanging on to hope? Hey, there's a chance. I'm not hoping, but I'm aware there's a chance. <laughs> College ball season as well. Uh, NBA, uh, it says World Cup here, but we're going to update that. That's done and dusted. See you in four mm-hmm. years. Although the uh, Women's World Cup in Australia next year, that's going to be a whole lot of fun. So uh, you can find out all about that at betonline.net. Uh, there's podcasts, all sorts of stuff on, on this website. It's the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, Bucks and Cavs already played twice this year. Uh, twice in Milwaukee. Milwaukee won by 15 points. Uh, last time they played, or well, one of the times they played, I can't figure out what date is what here. But I'll tell you what they did do. They absolutely obliterated the Cavs in the third quarter. So in one of these games, they outscored the Cavs 35 to 10 in the third quarter. The next game, they outscored the Cavs 34 to 18. Uh, that's probably going to get you a win. The Cavs are interesting, though, because they do have the tall players that you mentioned, Camille, but they, they're not, uh, how, do, how do we say this? They're, they're not thick. There's, there's, <laughs> they're, they're tall and slender, Camille, and I'm not sure that's the formula. Against Milwaukee, probably not, but against a majority of other NBA teams, like that'll get you pretty far. Yeah, right, yep. It's just that the Bucks have two really big body guys. I mean, Brooke physically is a big man, like just his body weight, he's hard to move. And then Giannis is one of the strongest players in the league. So he's going to try to come directly into your chest every single time. It's going to be shoulders into your chest. You're going to get some elbows, whatever the case may be. He is forcing his way to the rim. So if you're going to stand in the way, you are going to, you're going to, you're going to feel it the next day for sure, for sure. So looking at Cleveland, uh, I know we beat them twice, but I also am aware that Cleveland plays a lot better at home. So I'm very curious just to see how they come out at home. Um, I still am not sure exactly how they'll be able to stop Giannis and Brooke. Um, they've had some trouble with that so far this season. And I mean, Cleveland's going to be up to it because this is a team that views themselves as a contender. They view what they're doing as real. They think that they have a real shot out here. They understand who the Bucks are, where the Bucks rank. And they understand that those are the types of wins that you need to prove a point. So I think Cleveland's going to come out ready to play, giving it their all. If it's another blowout, I will be surprised. I would expect this game to be a lot closer uh, because, again, Cleveland's at home for this one. They play better at home. You know, it just tends to be a little edge for that home team there. But 
The Bucs should still win this game. Again, it's a tough stretch that they have here. Longest road trip of the season for the Bucs, I believe, right here. So um, leaving New Orleans, heading to Cleveland, got to get ready for that and then keep gearing up as you get marched towards that Christmas Day game against uh, against Boston. And we should acknowledge in one of those games, Jared Allen didn't play at all. And in the other game, he actually only played 10 minutes or so. In one of those games, they kept Giannis to 16 points, but then he exploded uh, for 38 uh, in in the other game there. Of course, for the Bucks, there's been no Chris Middleton. As I pull up the injury report here, so Chris Middleton, uh, what was he listed as, Camille? You did tell me that. Uh, doubtful for tomorrow. Tell you what, you don't see the doubtful a lot, do you? But uh, yeah, Chris Middleton, doubtful for this game. Uh, Mamu and AJ Green uh, with the G League team. As far as the Cavs go, uh, it looks like most of their main players are going to be here to play. Dean Wade, uh, not playing Dylan Windler, who, funnily enough, I actually didn't mind Dylan Windler leading into the draft. But it uh, looks like they're going to have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley there. So it's going to be fascinating. But with Chris Middleton unlikely to play, I think we – well, it's doubtful. It's officially doubtful. So he's probably not going to play in this game, which does open up the opportunity for Marjan Bochamp to have another start, Camille. He's been pretty fun to watch over the last few games. And I've been asking people generally what their thoughts are on the rotation. We saw something fascinating yesterday. We know George Hill – uh, playing minutes, Jordan War has obviously been out uh, for a little bit there. But I'm curious to see where this Marjon stuff goes, uh, particularly when Chris Middleton comes back to the lineup. It's interesting because when you look at the minute split, according to Cleaning the Glass with Grayson mm-hmm. Allen, he's basically split his time between playing the two and the three. Marjon's played about 78% of his minutes at the three. Would he be capable of sliding to the two? I'm not 100% sure. But it's just going to be interesting to see uh, how this rotation shakes out. But the reason I love it is because when we were discussing all the Grayson Allen stuff, the trades, and I said, look, right now, it would be silly to trade Grayson Allen. You need to see how all the pieces fit. You need to get Joe Ingles back in this team and see where he mm-hmm. uh, fits among uh, all the pieces here. So uh, more than anything, you'd love for Chris to be able to get some continuity and some run with this team. But it is just exciting to see, as you pointed to at the start of this show, Bud trying some different things, maybe surprising some people with some of the moves that he's made. Absolutely. And thinking about Marjan, when I turned the game on and I saw he was starting yesterday, I was just like, oh, okay. I was like, we get, we get a Marjan start, which is cool. And in this time, I mean, I think he only took, what, four shots last night. I think mm. it was two for four when he finished. But um, he made good decisions. He just impacted the game in a positive way when he's on the court. The alley-oop that he had to Giannis was absolutely That's ridiculous. Nice. Loved every moment of that. Um, but it, it's fun watching Marjan play. Every time I've been on this episode or this show and we've talked about Marjan and the Bucks rookies and things of that sort, I've made it very clear. I'm a fan of Marjan. I was a fan of him in the pre-draft process. Didn't really, you know, I'm not a big college basketball fan unless I'm catching Marquette games or anything like that. And I definitely didn't watch a lot of G League games. But when you start going through that draft process and looking at players, like Marjan was somebody who – Seem to have some NBA skills that could fit well on the Milwaukee Bucks. Six eight guy, uh, defender. So, you know, that's the profile you're seeing. But what we've been seeing from him so far is that although shooting wasn't something that, you know, he was being held as being great at, he's not scared to take those shots. Mm. He definitely is letting it fly. Um, and he looks confident, even though it's not falling. I don't, I'm not sure what he's shooting at right now. I know he's been kind of up and down, but uh, overall, he's looked a lot more confident shooting that shot than I expected him to based on what his scouting report was. Um, so I love being able to see any Marjan minutes. My hope 
was to be able to see a Marjan lineup with Chris, with Drew, with Brooke, with Giannis at some point. Um, so I'm hoping that Chris can can get healthy so we can see that for sure, for sure. But what Marjan's been able to bring is really interesting. And to your point about the wing rotation and the guard rotation, the Bucks really only have like four guards on the team. Really, you yeah. have you, you have Drew, you have uh, Grayson, you have Javon, and you have George Hill. So it's kind of, and there's a lot of wings on this team, a lot of wings on this team. So when you're looking at that, if Marjan is somebody who can slide down and play that two spot going forward, it might not happen this season because, you know, because playing time, opportunity, such and such. But if that's something that he can project into doing well, splitting his time between the two and the three, like that opens up his possibilities even more for this team. No, it does. And it's a great point you make because, again, we go back to Boston. What do you need? Wings. But. They've added Middleton and Ingles, who we think obviously definitely can play. And then Bochamp as a wild card. Potentially, you've added three lengthy guys. Now, I'm not saying you're going to throw Marjan Bochamp out there and defend, you know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown in a playoff series. We don't know yet, but he's building, he's progressing, uh, and it's fun to see. Uh, let's get to the most important part of this podcast. What does the next few days look like for you, Camille? Uh, I know you're going to be inside, staying out of the weather in Milwaukee, but uh, anything crazy going on? Nothing crazy. Uh, tomorrow is going to be like my, my busy day. I'm going to like get my hair done, going to go grocery shopping, making sure I got everything we need in the house before this snow comes and any last second Christmas shopping that needs to be done, grabbing a couple things there. Other than that, I will be inside on the couch, fireplace on, watching Bucks and Netflix and all kinds of shows that I've been meaning to catch up on. Uh, that's absolutely beautiful. Bajon Bochamp, by the way, 34% uh, from okay. three, which is a All decent right. number at this point. And yeah, he's he's a confidence guy, it feels like. But love the fact that he is not holding back. He's letting it fly. Mm-hmm. He's got a quick release and it looks pretty nice. So uh, we'll see where that progresses there. All right, we'll be back for the post game tomorrow. Uh, probably will be live, I will say. So make sure, again, you subscribe, you turn the notifications on. And, and let's face it, you've got absolutely no excuse if you live in Milwaukee because the weather's going to be absolutely terrible even if you've got the family around, I'm sure all your family, even if they're not basketball fans, would be absolutely interested in sitting down and watching a random Australian talk about the Milwaukee Bucks that they probably won't care about. But do it. Get people involved. Jump in the comments. Have a few beers while you're at it if you uh, if you like to enjoy a drink. And uh, let's have some fun. Camille, always good to catch up with you. For sure, for sure. And before we get out of here, I do want to shout out Frank. I had some Rocky Rococos today, and I thought oh, of him goodness. as I uh, placed in that order, and I was just like, Milwaukee Classic. Well, I'm pretty sure Frank is is about to make the trek back to Wisconsin, and I think he was trying to beat the weather as well, which it sounds like a lot of people are trying mm-hmm. to do. So, uh, old Frankie boy, he will be maybe listening to this podcast as he's driving and he will just go into a daze, start drooling everywhere <laughs> and potentially drive off the road. So, Frank, I beg you, please stay concentrated on the road. Keep your eyes peeled. You can have Rockies in approximately 48 <laughs> to 72 hours. It's all going to be okay. Uh, but, you know, the weather might make it difficult with the Rockies. But anyway, Frank will figure it out. He's an experienced campaigner. All right. We'll be back after Bucks and Cavs post-game show. Make sure you tune in.